Apple presents events at the Apple Store. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, founder and CEO of Mind Body Green, Jason Wacom. Hello, how's everyone doing tonight? Good? Ready for a fun discussion on food and yoga and more good stuff? We've got surprises. Um, well, thanks everyone for coming. I'm going to introduce um, the speakers tonight. First, we have photographer Andrew Scrivani, who was actually just profiled in the New York Times Lens blog today. Very big deal. So, Andrew, come on out if we can give him a warm applause for Andrew. And then we have the star of the evening, uh, yoga superstar Tara Stiles, who you can add best selling author. Uh, to her list of accomplishments with her new book, Make Your Own Rules Diet, which uh, she collaborated, collaborated with Andrew on. So give a big round of applause for Tara. All right, all right. So I'm, I'm going to start with you, Tara. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, so why food? You went from, you, everyone knows you as you know, yoga superstar Tara Styles. Why food? Food, well, everybody eats, <laughs> quite literally. Um, I grew up doing yoga and classical dance, and I took food for granted in a way. Um, my parents, I call them straight edge hippies. Hi. <laughs> uh, they had an organic garden and built this passive solar home. And so we were always eating really well. Uh, so I was pretty healthy and happy growing up. Uh, so when I, when I moved to New York and started doing a lot more yoga and opened a studio and started meeting people, um, a lot of people had more uh, uh, questions about what to eat and um, you know, what was good for you, what was bad for you. And I said, well, obviously, you know, fruits and vegetables are good for you. you know, this is simple stuff. Um, but I started to realize it wasn't so much the, the what to eat and the, and the rules that were um, available or the rules that work for people that were the problems but more what was underneath of those issues of, of why people weren't already eating those plants and those fruits and vegetables and those grains and the, the non-processed foods it was sort of getting to the to the reason of why and um, and with yoga it's all about obviously the the emotional state and the the quest to discover and uncover what's going on and how do we feel and sort of the quest to become more sensitized and aware so for me, transitioning from yoga and really just adding this element of food is, is really just exploring this um, conversation, this quest to um, become sensitized and to help other people not, uh, not label more of what to eat and what not to eat and what those rules are, but just more um, encouraging people to, to join this quest to follow how they feel and become sensitized and really discover uh, this, this practice and this process through through yoga in a way. And making your own rules. And making your own rules. Can't forget that. Because when you make your own rules, you're always going to follow them. <laughs> and, and so how did you, you know, you're talking a little about, about food. How do you find these recipes? How do you come up with them? Just made them up. <laughs> you made them up? You make your own rules recipes? Make your own rules recipes. We take no measurements. We just <laughs> I mean, throw it in. That so, was actually a part of the problem. My editor said in the beginning, you know, you have to put more specific measurements in what's happening. Um, no, for, for, for serious, a lot, of, a lot of this comes from the idea that when I started talking to people in the studio, 
you know, having a, having a yoga studio is a great laboratory in a lot of ways. You get to meet people just coming in, telling all kinds of stories and sharing, um, you know, experiences and uh, problems and, and all kinds of cool things. And recipes. And, and recipes that I stole <laughs> and shared. Um, but, but a lot of it is, um, is really this, this uh, uncovering this quest to find recipes that are simple to make and also cost effective. Um, a lot of people came in and they said, okay, I'm young, I'm living in New York, or I've been here for 10 years and I want to get healthy, whatever it is. Um, that barrier a lot of times is cost and that barrier a lot of times is um, time and preparation and where the heck are these ingredients anyway and, and they're not accessible and they're not affordable. You know, so I really went on my own quest to, to see if it was possible to make foods and make foods that taste good, that are appealing, um, that you actually want to eat, that are healthy for you, that, that don't sort of break the bank in a lot of ways. So you said taste good. Taste good. Andrew. Do they taste Can you good? vouch for the taste? Did you taste any crew. of the product as you were shooting? Or I, you know, it's an interesting thing is that one of the things about the way we approach shooting Tara's book was the idea that the food actually reminds you a lot of the way you would normally eat if you were not necessarily eating healthy, taste-wise, because the food tastes great. Right. So when we... I gave him 20 bucks. I got it right here in my <laughs> left pocket. Um, but the thing is, is that what I wanted to do artistically with her food was photograph it in the way that people are used to seeing those kind of non-healthy foods, make, make those iconic images of a burger but with the burger. What was, do you have a favorite dish? Um, well, I really like the drinks. The drinks definitely, oh, we're going through Can we here. show a drink? We're going through a little bit. Can we see a drink? The there granola. A, ooh, granola. I, Who I, likes I, granola? That's one of my Instagram ones. That's not that good. Oh. I didn't take that one. I, <laughs> I didn't take that. that one. I, I took that, that one. That one's on her. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. That, that you that. took. Uh, did I? The swamp. Um, well, we did definitely take a picture of that one. That's yeah. true. As soon as the food came off the set, it was going into bellies. You know, people were eating, and it was, and it was, it makes for a good mood. You know, good food makes for a good mood. Yep. So we we had we had a pretty good shoot. Yeah, no recipe left behind. No recipe left. Behind. <laughs> and, and so Tara, how, there, can you talk a little bit? That about, was good. What was that? Yeah, we'll what was the one you just show? Well, that was, that was the, a, it was a pink, there was a pink drink. Strawberry shortcake smoothie. Yeah. Which is really simple: frozen strawberries, cashews, almond milk. A little bit of vanilla extract, if you dare. Whoa. And it uh, tastes like a strawberry shortcake, like the cake. Do you want to talk <laughs> a little bit about, you know, the yoga food relationship and why it's so important? It is very important to practice yoga and then eat food in that order over and over and over again. <laughs> what about food, food before yoga? Food before yoga, maybe the smoothie before yoga, and then maybe the French toast afterwards. Yeah. I would go in that order. <laughs> in that order. Definitely not the other one. You go to the, the studio. But no, in all, in all seriousness, the, the really cool thing that happens with, with practicing yoga is, is really the how you practice. And, you know, whatever your practice looks like, really getting to, to, the, uh, to the quest of becoming more sensitized and becoming more aware of how you feel, that's when all the changes start. So, you know, I like to joke around with people, the, the yoga poses aren't the magic, you're the magic. And then if you can really allow yourself to slow down and be easy in your body, be easy in your mind, you're gonna walk away from that yoga class and actually want to treat yourself better and want to be in better relationships with yourself, better in relationships with your food and all the cool things that happen 
you know, you can Google all this stuff, there's all this science, some of it's in the book about what happens in the brain when you practice yoga in a very easygoing way and what happens in the brain and the mind-body connection when you become more sensitized. And it actually rewires you to want to eat healthy, which is kind of cool. So, so it, it, it really does put you in that frame of mind of, I feel great, I wanna keep that feeling going. If you, if you practice things that don't make you feel good, you're gonna wanna keep that feeling going as well. I mean, we all kind of know in different times in our lives when we're in a downward spiral or an upward spiral, you know, where that's taking us. And, um, you know, so if you can dive into a practice of yoga and there's tons of videos we have on YouTube and in the iTunes store and on podcasts and all that stuff that are really geared toward becoming more sensitized and becoming more in touch with how you feel. So you wanna keep those exciting and those great feelings going when you're when you're in the kitchen as well so cooking you, for these guys so you try to keep that approach as you're cooking too being mindful so it torn, turns in almost to a meditation yeah i think for me what happened uh with cooking is it just becomes fun you know and and also if you can allow yourself similar to the practice of yoga to you know not be focused on the goal not be focused on you know, the calories or the outcome. You know, if you're using really simple, yummy, good ingredients, whatever you're gonna make is probably gonna turn out okay. It, it may not look the prettiest sometimes, it may not, uh, you know, be the best combination, but if you're using simple ingredients, um, all the recipes in the book are, you know, most of the meals are under $5, which is kind of incredible. Did you have a favorite new ingredient that you discovered in this process? Oh, sure. Nutritional yeast. I mean, it's the weirdest yeast. thing ever. You know, you can't even find it in the grocery store. You have to kind of look around. But um, my friend Laura Miller, who has a really cool show on YouTube uh, called uh, Raw yeast. Vegan Not Gross, oh, Nutritional wow. Yeast, subtitle. <laughs> um, she calls it uh, uh, Yoga Hippie Fairy Dust or something. But it, you can use it as a seasoning. It, it makes things sort of have a sort of a rich, creamy flavor. Um, Don't it's forget like, the color. It's a it's a beautiful color. Because the mac and cheese doesn't exist in in that world without nutritional yeast. Yeah, it would just be like cashew gray. Right. Right. I mean, co color is a big part of the way we're kind of conditioned to eat, and by bringing the right colors, the colors that we're culturally kind of aware of, into the food that you're preparing which may not necessarily have it if you don't be if you're not mindful of it we'll use that word again right well, yeah. mindful. Well, that, that leads me to my next question we've got a lot of aspiring instagram superstars here who love to take pictures of food what are like your favorite colors of healthy yummy foods where they if you do it right it's just i'm going to reverse engineer that okay because i just got through with a a retreat in hawaii with a another person in the health industry and we were doing raw food mostly. Okay. And the question to me was, how do I make this look better? And clearly it's use colors that exist in nature, in the food. Okay. See, uh, there's a lot of people putting green stuff on blue plates. Don't do that. Let, thing, let the food be the color in your compositions. Let your plating and your propping and everything else be neutral especially if the food is the, is the superstar in this, and it's particularly with healthy food, raw food, vegan food, it's all about trying to get people excited about the food itself. Let the food be the star. Do you have any, do you have any favorite foods that you just love to shoot? Like you can't get enough kale. <laughs> or is it quinoa? Or what's a disaster? Is quinoa he just like a, a nightmare? Burger. It's like, ah, oh, it's brown, it's, Boom. oh wow. Okay, well, <laughs> clearly burgers are iconic, right? Visually Yum. iconic. These are something that we're all really familiar with. And by tapping into that, you know, 
I don't want to say the name of a burger company, but the reality is that there are fast food companies McDonald's. that have made, yeah, well, you said it. Burger I King. Um, fast food companies have made that picture very iconic, but it also connotates something very negative for a lot of us who are trying to eat healthier. By bringing the iconic image to the healthy food, it's kind of deprogramming you in a way. And I think it's important to, to do that with, with healthy food because I, I've been shooting healthy food for a regular column for the New York Times for seven years. And the challenge, the challenge is always <laughs> about making healthy food appealing. Everybody knows it's good for you, but does it taste good? Does it, is it, does it, do we have the cultural connection to it? Is it something that we can kind of relate to? Is, I, did a, I did a healthy food thing for another author about kids who, having kids eat vegan food. And it was about tapping into the cultural cues that we remember as children, maybe licking the spoon uh, when mom was baking. But instead of it being sugar and fat and all the stuff you don't want your kids to eat, it was silk and tofu and agave and the things that are seemingly better analogs for that food. So tapping into that part of it, being culturally mindful that food is ubiquitous and then making those things that maybe have taken on negative connotations become positive. And this us. is really good. And I made this. Can I showed share? up to the shoot and you said, who's your chef? I was like, what do you mean? There she can is. You, can you share the chef? ingredient? You know, remember what's in this there? This is really simple. So this is a, just a portobello, but the, the neat trick is a little bit of coconut oil and a little bit of maple syrup. And like, I like to pretend that I'm a famous chef, you know, so I was like marinating it all fancy like, getting all dirty and then throwing it in the oven, broiling it for a little while and then throwing in the just yellow peppers, bell pepper. And then, you know, Andrew got the good bun. I showed up with like, some gluten free bun, bun of course. Of course it's gluten free. Or else I couldn't or eat it. Or whatever else you want it to be. And then the sweet potato fries, same thing, just uh, coconut oil and um, maple syrup makes it like, oh, so good. So, Tara, what, what's the main takeaway you'd like everyone to, like, what's the main message of the book, you think? Besides... You can do it. Cooking can, <laughs> cooking can be I'm easy, having too much simple, fun. simple ingredients. The main message of the book is to encourage people to be on a quest to become more sensitized to how you feel and really paying attention to how you feel and, and, and doing that in the kitchen, doing that on your meditation cushion, doing that in your yoga practice, doing that in your life and your relationships, constantly continuing to come back to how does this make me feel? Um, how do I practice? How does this make me feel? You know, not in an obsessive way where I have to get this exterior goal or I want to look this way or I want to have these things, but I want to feel this way. And uh, once you change your mind about wanting to go on this quest of feeling great, that's when all of the external things change anyway. So that's why it can be fun and sort of silly and quirky to say, just make your own rules. But, but the whole concept is really about following how you feel and being on a quest to become sensitized to what actually works for you. Um, because everybody's body is different. And of course, eating you know, closer to nature is a great idea for everybody. Um, but there's a lots of play within that that, uh, that works with you know, your body and, and your body and my body, depending on what we do during the day and how we live our lives. And um, you know, we're, we're gonna be changing from, from day to day in different phases in our lives. And, and really the only thing that I honestly believe that can save us from falling off of this path over and over and, and getting more an external focused 
uh, goal-oriented state of eating and state of living, which puts us into fear and worry and concern, which causes anxiety and stress and disease and all kinds of nasty stuff we don't want to get. So coming back to the inside out of, of following how we feel and getting sensitized and and, and knowing that it's okay to have fun and play and get in the kitchen and, and, and have simple ingredients that you know, aren't uh, intimidating and aren't super uh, you know, unaffordable and, and sort of out there and wacky and things that really identify with you and, and just playing and, and owning it and, and having great time and allowing yourself to, to feel great because then you can make your own rules. So I love the concept of making your own rules, obviously, um, but sometimes that's hard. You ever have any personal challenges around that? Because when you're making your own rules, there are no rules. <laughs> then there are all these choices, and then oh my, I mean, the analysis paralysis. What do I do? Sure. If you, you know, if you're in a state of your life where you're in more of a crisis mode, and um, it's sort of impossible to make your own rules. That's when you need to get help of of you know what's happening, what's going on. I need to assess the situation. If you have you know addiction or going through you know, problems or disorders or things like that, that's when, you know, that's when, you know, seeking the help of, of professionals to come back to yourself. Um, talk about in the book, I get a little bit of personal, I had an experience, I was in a, a dance conservatory and I had a, uh, an experience with a sexual assault that I didn't deal with for a long time. And I thought, everything's fine, everything's fine, I'm totally good, I'm making my own rules. And um, I was pushing those feelings down and pushing that, um, paying attention to how I feel down and developing a lot of problems and developing a lot of anxiety and a lot of um, disorder in a way. And um, you know, the only way that I was able to come back to healing myself or it was okay for me to follow my own rules, because I was following my own rules then. They were just avoid everybody, you know, drink Diet Coke, eat gummy bears, and you know, don't have a lot of social contact with people. Um, and that, those were my rules. So, so I knew and I had interventions of people that cared about me in my life at that time that those rules weren't okay for me. Um, and uh, you know, coming back to that practice of allowing myself to be more sensitized and aware and comfortable with sort of diving into how do I feel and what's going on. Um, you know, sort of getting back to that place where I had the green light that it was okay to make our own rules because you know, it isn't just um, available all the time to us. I mean, that's why we have great friends and great supports and mentors, hopefully, in our lives that can say, you're not set to make your own rules. You have to come back to yourself. And then now it's okay to begin again. So we've gotten a few tips out of you. It's one is, if you want to make healthy food look appetizing, so let's say on Instagram, you like this, you like shooting just real food, not on plates. You like using iconic imagery. Uh, what else? I know we've got all these aspiring photographers here. What else? What else? What are like some big? What's a big no-no? What's a big fail? When you're on Instagram oh, you, and you see oh, it, and you're absolute, like, "Oh man, you killed it!" The two absolute fails are your flash is on, shooting food. That's a big zero. Never do okay. it. Second one is you're trying to take a picture of something that looks amazing in candlelight. Don't do that either. <laughs> Ruining the moment, right? Ru well, not only that. I mean, I, I've gone into that too about the whole culture of people taking like, pictures this was in restaurants. To be romantic. Yeah, right. But um, ultimately, lighting is the key. If you can be in good light to take your picture, you don't need your flash, and your your room won't be underlit. If you take, especially if you're taking pictures of healthy, fresh food. So, like this, this is no good right here. Uh, no, the lighting okay. probably not so great. Okay. Definitely not on this face. Maybe okay. on that face. <laughs> Um, See? But, oh, and the curling of the uh, arugula. 
That's that, that's the trick that I, I learned that from 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 you guys. The curling of the arugula. So I came in with my arugula. I just looked like a arugula. I was like, what's wrong with this? So I put it in the bowl. He said, you know, that we can't make a photo of that. That will look crap. Um, <laughs> so what's? Can you share what's in this? The salad. Yeah. Uh, it's just really simple arugula straw. I call this Fredgies. It's this very sophisticated combination of fruits and vegetables all in one bowl. <laughs> it's the Fredgies. I love that concept. Of course. The Fredgies, yeah. It's the Fredgies. When, you, when, you, when it's like 11 o'clock and you don't know if you want breakfast or a salad, it's the Fredgies. So, you know, you have arugula, celery, all things crunchy. I like my salads to be crunchy, so I feel like I'm eating food. <laughs> uh, bell pepper. Uh, what else is in there? I think maybe there's some pears and apples. And I think the dressing with this one is just lemon, maybe some balsamic as well. And um, crushed red pepper flakes for a little bit of spice. But the trick with the, the getting the arugula to, to perk up, and it was like fluffing arugula. It was very kind of naughty in a way. You massage the arugula? Was, no, it wasn't like massaging kale at all. It was a totally different, although equally romantic experience. So you put this arugula in, uh, in a bowl with ice. and Ice water. Ice water and then fluff it around, and it literally curls up. It's like it gets like Excited. tantalized. It's very exciting. Do you have, it's do you have exciting. A, do you have a favorite green vegetable to massage or You know, it used with? to be kale, but it's so overrated. Kale, really? kale is, I mean, Kale is on. so 2013. Who cares? Aru fluffing arugula is like, wow, nobody's doing that so yet. So arugula, your, your arugula takes the uh, cake for you. It's like delicate, it's sexy, you know. Limber? It's limber, it's flexible. You don't know which way it's gonna curl. You touch it, it may go that way, you know? Whoa, I mean, it's well, exciting. PG, where this is, this is yeah, I'm just PG. talking about arugula. This okay. is a salad, you know? But, you know, the funny thing- What about thing, you, Andrew? You said kale is so 2013. Kale what, what gets is you excited these days? Kale is really 2013. Um, what gets me excited about food photography? I mean, well, like vegetable. an ingredient or yeah, a vegetable? An let's get, let's, 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 let's get hear personal. Both. Yeah. I don't know, because you know, if you say the wrong thing, you could end up being people be misunder okay. misunderstood, and then, no, I mean, I technically am. In, I'm still in love with spinach. Really, I Popeye am. was a Popeye for you? It, probably, but the real the real reason is is that it's so hard to photograph, and when you get it right, it looks amazing. So spinach spinach is tough. It's always tough, yeah. And there's a couple so what of is little, it? It's all it's because of the it's so yeah, because, dark because it's so dark, and it basically just absorbs all the light, and you have to find variation in things that are really dark green or dark brown. Got it. So the thing about spinach is, when you get you start playing around with it on in the bowl or in the plate, you kind of flip it inside out till you see the vein. And the vein is the thing that has the That's lighter sexy. color. What about what about Brussels sprouts? I love Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts too. They're 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 fun on camera, they're but fun. they're not very versatile. Doesn't really get you excited. Who gets it's you? It's just a little green so you, ball. You like the hard to gets. That's your style, the spinach. Yeah. Can Got you it. fluff the spinach like the arugula? No, well, when it's raw, it's different. It's not as it's not nearly as limber. Well, let's. It's not. You know, it's not. It's strong though. It's strong, but yeah. not limber. It's more like me. You either get one or the other with I'm yoga. I'm very strong. You see where this conversation is going? I'm stiff as a board. <laughs> so we make a good team. It's good. She's, she's really light and lithe, and she, she has really good flexibility. I'm just kind of <laughs> like a fire hydrant, and I don't really move that well. So it's sort of good. It's a good partnership. It's good. We make good books. We have another one coming out in November. Oh, really? Can you talk more about that? I wasn't that? sure if I was allowed to say <laughs> that because when I said the sec, I said, I. She's thrown two manuscripts at me. I wasn't sure yeah. if I was allowed to say that on stage. Can you but share? There is another one. Yeah, thank God there's another one. No, Make Your Own was cookbook. So this was more of an exploration of getting sensitized. You know, I had a lot of yoga, meditation, you know, personal story. And then food was not an afterthought, but, you know, the third part. 
Um, so this book, Make Your Own Rose Cookbook, is really a collection of, uh, of healthy recipes from different cultures around the world. I get to travel a lot with what I do, so I meet people, you know, all around the world, and I have friends all around the world um, that eat really well, and they don't sacrifice their culture and, you know, their family traditions and, you know, their favorite grandmother's recipe for their healthy lifestyle, and I thought that that was fascinating because living in New York, a lot of times, the obsessive, crazy thing that New York... Right. At least, you know, I think guys do this too, but I love New York women. They travel with their like bag of 18 almonds and their little bag of spinach and then they go to the airport and everything's like so controlled. And I was like, okay, that's one way to stay healthy, but how does that feel in your brain? That may feel like, like I'm not gonna do that. So, um, so this is a, an around the world healthy book and all the pictures are from this guy. Production begins Monday. Oh wow, <laughs> can you share like, give you an example of an interesting dish you found in another country? Or something um, culturally. I had a friend who, this was amazing. Uh, so my first time I went to Malaysia, I have uh, this collaboration with Reebok, these shirts that say, who made the rules? Yep. You know, they let me do this shirt, which I thought was really fun. It was like the first shirt we did, you know, philosophy statement. So I go to Malaysia and I'm leading this class on the top of a helicopter pad. And there's all these Muslim women that come with the who made the rules shirt on. That's and already awesome. my mind is totally blown. And this one woman comes up to me and she follows my blog on Tumblr about recipes and you know things I was sort of workshopping for different projects. And she comes at me with this book of all of her favorite recipes that are from Southeast Asia and her grandmother and her aunts and things that she makes at home with her family. And I thought this was just some book that she had bought in a store. It turned out it was her book that she had personally made for me with all of her favorite recipes. Oh, wow. So um, that was really cool. So a lot of they were, you know, a lot of different um, salads and healthy things and a lot of curries and peanut sauces and all really amazing, spicy, cool Southeast Asian foods, but done with this really fresh, um, light twist that she was Ooh, already there making. We go. We got spices. Is that that's turmeric? I think. Yes. Turmeric no? and cayenne. Pretty colors. Cayenne. One of the things I think was that I found really interesting about the new manuscript yep. was the the recipes from home. From that, home, yeah. Because she she took all these kind of grandma recipes My and grandma. twisted them into her kind of way, and they seem like they're going to be visually really interesting, but also a nice way to kind of approach that that problem, right? Is that a lot of the foods sometimes we grew up with aren't necessarily the way we want to eat when we're older. And to take those recipes and put them into a new context, that was the thing that got me when I was reading the manuscript. I actually had to back away from <laughs> some of them because I was gravitating to which, them so heavily. Which one? Was it spinach again? No spinach. No, my Not family? My family's from Illinois. Yeah. We had a lot of dirt pudding growing up. Healthy dirt pudding? So Can we good. expect that? Yes. I made a healthy dirt pudding. It took me a few tries what, what's and a lot of cans of coconut milk. Can you share a little bit what's in it? Uh, sure. Um, I made the pudding with uh, uh, almond milk yep. with a little bit of vanilla and you just thicken it with um, cornstarch, which, you know, it's not super healthy, but, you know, what are we going to do? So now I'm thinking dessert. Can we look, <laughs> some at, can we look at some of the dessert photos now that you're, you have me sure. on the pudding? Sure. There's the almond butter I have fudge a favorite. there. You have a favorite from the new one? No, from the old from one. From this one? That oh, one? That wasn't it. It was that, that it was it? that it was that black pudding. The rice the, the rice oh, pudding. The... The, was it forbidden rice pudding or something like that? Yeah, that one. Ooh, that yeah. one. So what's, oh, let's yeah. talk the about chocolate that. Chocolate goodness bowl. Yeah, that was really good. That was good. That was actually one night I was just really scraping at home and really kind of craving something rich and chocolatey and warm and a little bit all encompassing. So 
I just melted down some dark chocolate and some frozen blueberries that I had in the freezer and some cinnamon. And I put some hot sauce in there too. And That's that was it. good. Pretty and then simple. I kept making it like all the time. And I made it for Andrew and he said, that's, that that's belongs, good enough to be in a book. That, that belongs to be in the book. So now other people make it around the world. And again, that was the, cha the challenge, that photography challenge, because I, I loved the way it tasted. Right. And it totally needed to be in the book, but it yep. was really challenging to photograph. Yep. And that's where that particular lighting comes into play. Yep. Where you're, we're using that kind of side lit light to shadow look mm -hmm. where you get all the context of the texture. And... Um, You'll see that in a lot of the things that I photograph, I like to use antiques and things that have some age and patina and some history to them. So the combination of those things in this particular shot, which was one of my favorite shots and one of my favorite foods in the book. So they came together nicely. I thought food photography was a lot simpler until I met you and your drawers of little red napkins and little spoons and all these different things. I was like, that's completely silly. We're just gonna like do this on a plate, right? Or do this on a bowl. But you know, he's got like, archives of this kind of stuff and it makes a huge difference. So I know it's like picking children because you've got a lot in here, but if you had to pick one, what was your favorite recipe for each of you in here in terms of taste, look, experience? Well, I mean, I was pretty attached to that one and really? I was pretty attached to that portobello burger and those sweet potato fries. We were all kind of, we were kind of fighting it out for yeah, those at the end. That's true. So. I would eat the burnt ones. And then the other ones as well. Um, there was one called an energy bowl. Ooh, can we try and to you made it that? look really cool. I just thought this was going to be the most boring thing. Um, you know, there's like mung beans and <laughs> lots of vegetables and cashews. And it looks really cool and interesting. Again, I mean, it tastes amazing. It's really flavorful and hearty. And, you know, all the foods that I make, I don't like to have them. Um, it's, the, it's the third from the bottom of the right one. It's the dark bowl, oh, the dark, dark bowl. moody bowl. Looks really oh, sophisticated. That. Yeah, and it, that it, looks good. It, it's, it is really good. It has spinach. Like there's See a that? curly spinach. There's my curly. There's my curly spinach in so, there. Be making a making a hero presentation. Yeah, and the sauce is sort of. I have this this um, fun thing. You know, I like to do with all these you know inexpensive ingredients. With there's uh, some Dijon mustard, some lemon, uh, a lot of hot peppers, curry, just with the sauce. So it adds like that nice. Um, a little bit of a shine, but also like that nice rich flavor pulls it all together and, you know, lentils and mung beans and all this kind of healthy stuff. But, you know, friends and friends and family around the world eat this. Um, we're just at our studio in Seattle and um, the owner's husband is um, this. He's like tall like you. Tall like me. Tall like you. What is that supposed to mean? Tall like you, but, but um, you know, the tall men in my family don't like to eat healthy stuff and they're suspicious of everything. So I like to feed them this as the sort of BS test in a way. So I so I I fed this to uh, you know Tall Bill in Seattle and uh, he was really suspicious at first. He just wanted to order a pizza and I said just give me like 20 minutes. I'll make you this energy bowl. And he was like whatever, yoga girl, and um, you know he downed it in one in one in second. So it works. I think we it's time for questions. <laughs> Hi, thank you for coming today. Um, so I have two questions, both about um, preparation of these things. One was the chocolate pudding. So I heard that was melted dark chocolate, frozen blueberries, hot sauce. Is there anything in there that keeps the chocolate from solidifying? That's my first question. And the second is, I want to go back to the arugula for a second, if yes. we could. Um, you said ice water, and I was wondering, is it like a full bowl and the arugula is swimming in there? Or is it just like kind of wetted by ice water? Swimming. 
swimming. Breaststroking. <laughs> I mean, that's in there. And then you take it out and you can either dry it on paper towels or put it in the spinner gently and to get it fluffy again. But that, the, that's a real nice food styling trick for most greens and herbs when you want to photograph them because they tend to get a little wimpy, you know, in the, in the crisper even. And then that brings them really back to life. But the other question about stabilizers or anything in yeah, the chocolate? I mean, it just, I mean, we photographed, we, we made it warm and kept it warm. You know, it stayed warm for a while because it was, and I brought it to a boil. Sounds so professional when I say things like that. <laughs> I brought it to a boil over medium high heat in a medium saucepan and stirred it up, added some frozen blueberries and some cinnamon and, and it, it just stayed nice and liquidy and, and awesome. Yeah, I think it heat, didn't get clumpy or anything. I think um, the heat, helps release the, the juice in the blueberries and it kind of keeps it almost more liquefied so the chocolate doesn't really solidify that quickly. I mean, if you leave it out for a while, it will, but the, the, the reality is that the chemistry there works. So it, it stays pretty nice for a little while. I Enough just, to serve it. Yeah, I just talked to the chocolate and talked to the blueberries like, is this gonna work out? And they said, okay. I'm gonna steal your yeah, line. Yeah, the water worked, I guess. It stayed liquidy <laughs> and awesome. It stayed like liquidy that. and awesome. Yeah, my, my answer yeah. wasn't nearly as, as a, <laughs> <laughs> Yours was the scientific version yeah, that the scientific. water mine, works. Mine was the, mine was the science channel version. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, um, I have a question for Tara. Um, I'm a very big fan and you're such an inspiration. Yeah. I am about to start my training to become a Pilates instructor hey. and I'm very excited, but do you have, um, what's your best advice to be a successful instructor? Oh my goodness. Um, I would say, you know, it's interesting because there's, there's so many things that, that, you know, you could say and look at in goals and all of this, but I think that the one thing is to keep coming back to considering your intention behind it. I know for me that's always been a great measure. Um, you know, my intention with what I do is to, to help and to connect and expand, and I want to feel useful and I want to feel like I'm connecting to myself and expanding into others. And when I make decisions that or if I'm about to make a decision that goes in a different direction, it doesn't feel right. And I know why it doesn't feel right because I just keep coming back to that intention. So I think when you're starting a training, you know, if it's, I want to help people that have back pain because I've had back pain, or, you know, I want to empower young girls because of these reasons or um, whatever, that, whatever that reason is, whatever that sort of, um, you know, you can tell you have it, you have that spark, whatever that sort of spark is, just, you know, write it down and keep coming back to it. And, and really kind of uncover and re-uncover that intention of why you're doing this in the first place so, so you don't get um, uh, sort of off track or distracted or just frustrated by other people's rules or you know, what other people are doing or you know, fears of what I should be doing, what I'm not doing, you know, all of that kind of stuff that can happen, especially with you know, social media and all these things. You know, we see what everybody is doing all the time and it's never the truth. It's always what people were you know, doing yesterday or you know, people's lives and careers tend to be like icebergs. So whatever somebody's putting out is you know, just under or above the surface of whatever is really happening or, or something that you know, may be a false image of whatever's happening. So you know, just sort of um, you know, coming back to how you feel and coming back to your intention and not worrying about all that stuff. And, but I think that the not worrying and the really ability to make your own rules of that is to, to have that solid foundation of, you know, I'm doing this because I feel inspired and these are the reasons why. Um, because that's what's going to attract people to you as you're, the people that you are going to be helping and the people that are, you know, be so inspired by you, you and that authenticity because 
you know, you're doing it for that specific reason and that, um, that inspiration is coming from a real genuine place. And, and that's the neat thing because everybody is, you know, always able to respond to, to being real and to being genuine. And, and that's when you're going to feel good too, I hope. So, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> So, hi Tara, how are you? <laughs> nice to see you. Me too, thanks um, for coming. Thank you. Uh, I was wondering, you talked about your book in November that's coming out. What is it going to be based on? Uh, what's the difference between this one versus the one that's coming up? And what's coming up in terms of Reebok, partnerships, and things like upcoming? <laughs> yeah, sure. So, Make Your Own Rose Cookbook is coming out in November. And it's a celebration of different cultures around the world. So, healthy foods that obviously tastes really good. The, the, um, the goal is again on low cost, so ingredients that are simple, easy to find, that people can hopefully find wherever they are in the world that, that really celebrate the diversity of the quest to be healthy wherever you are in the world in all these different countries. A lot of it is inspired by um, you know, my grandmother and aunts and uncles growing up and taking recipes that they made and, and, and having them be a little bit healthier, a little bit more current, a little bit more fresh as well. Um, and then as far as what I'm up to, I'm headed to London tomorrow, doing a bunch of events with Hay House, the publisher of the book. Um, Strahl is expanding like a rocket ship, so I feel like my job now is to sort of protect the magic of that and make sure the instructors have you know, good resources and, um, and good places to, to lead classes. So we're, we're forming a lot of partnerships with different studios and um, I'm doing an event at the Reebok store in London as well and, and the collaboration continues. So. You know, they've let me make crazy things like uh, rainbow pants inspired by my grandmother's leg warmers. When I was a little girl, she made me these rainbow leg warmers to do ballet in. And, and the rainbow pants are more Atari theme colors and more updated. So lots of really kind of crazy um, prints and uh, things inspired from, from people around the world to, to keep everybody connected as well. So lots of travel and lots of cool Strala stuff and working with instructors, which is something that's really fun because you know we, we help people as instructors but also you know if I can empower other instructors to help people as well that's when the the real magic spreads so so that's um, you know my main focus now as well so yeah thank you namaste so this is going to be up at iTunes you can listen in the podcast and then make your own rules diet iTunes if you don't own it you should digital Digital, get it right on the here, iBook. In the yeah. store, you can just go to one of the iPads, boom, done. Um, and thanks, thanks everyone for coming. Hope you all pick up the book. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs>